nobody ever believes me when I tell them that I met Sigmund Freud. Anyway, it wasn't Dr. Freud who analyzed me. It was Dr. Kettlebaum in London. And what was Kettlebaum's verdict? He said my whole trouble was associating ideas with words and names. My marriage to Fred Breedlove, for example. He said I married Fred because of the combination of ideas suggested by his name. And all therapies are not equal, whether it's Freudian therapy, which I discredit out of hand. I don't think that we all have these aggressive impulses and these sexual impulses. I mean, we have obviously have sexual feelings, but to me, they come from a very different source. My understanding of it is that in the best cases, it's an attraction to someone who shares your values. And it's very different from Freudian therapy. The gold standard of therapy right now is cognitive therapy. That means that they recognize that you have a mind, that your thoughts really matter. And if you engage in catastrophizing or stinking thinking, then it'll bring your mood down. You will feel anxious. You will feel depressed. You will feel guilty. Sometimes it's based on facts. Sometimes you have made some really bad choices. Sometimes it's not. Many times it's unearned guilt. You're beating yourself up unfairly. So again, cognitive therapy is what I would recommend. And you can always go to my website, drkenner.com and look up cognitive therapy. There's even a link to a cognitive therapy website. And I am Dr. Ellen Kenner. And right now I want to turn to the phones and welcome Val. Val, you're dealing with the possibility that your husband's cheating or do you know it for a fact? I know it for a fact. Yeah, what um, do you know? Well, I caught, um, I saw emails and phone records, and um, I know I he last contacted me when he was two hours away from where she lives, and he drove for about twenty hours to get there, and um, so I I know he's having an affair right now, but he has expressed um, recently that he wanted to get a divorce, and so. I just don't know how I should handle it, what I should say when he comes back. Okay, right now he's, you said 20 hours away? I wasn't, I was a little Yeah, confused. he drove 20 hours to go see her. To go see her. So you just found this out, or you've known this for a while? You've been collecting information? and uh, I've known that he's been in contact with her for two weeks now. Okay. Constant contact. Tell me first, what are you doing for yourself to not implode? What are you doing to nurture yourself? Um, I'm praying a lot. Okay. What are you doing in terms of being very support? Do you have people in your life who are supportive of you? Do you have anyone that you can safely share it with, a close friend? Yes, I've been talking to, to a couple good friends. Okay. Are you involved in any hobbies or something that you value? Um, gardening. I've been thinking about planting some winter flowers. Okay, because you want to uh, you want to be able to nurture yourself because it's one of the most horrific things that could happen to a person. I mean, now I want to back off, barring things like war or 9-11. Let me give you an example from a book called After the Affair. I'm paraphrasing a little segment in it that's right near the opening. The, woman, the author, Dr. Janice Abrams Spring, quotes someone saying, when I was teenager, I was raped. That was nothing compared to what you did to me. The rapist was a stranger. You, I thought, were my best friend. 
And then she talks about how when you find information that your husband or wife has cheated on you or partner, your world implodes. You start questioning everything. How could I not have seen this? Is it me? What did I do wrong? How could I have chosen someone like that? Is there any hope for the future? Will I ever be able to trust anyone? Does this sound familiar or not? Uh, yeah, I've been through roller coaster of emotions over the past two weeks. What I would recommend first is, it, I know, and I'll come back to your other question, what do you do when he returns, is to get the book, that book I mentioned, After the Affair. Okay. You may want to ignore the subtitle of it. It's something along the line. It's on. You can go to my website, drkenner.com, and you can read my little. You can read information on it, but okay. and, and order it if you want. The subtitle is along the lines of how to rebuild trust when a partner's been unfaithful. I recommend it even if you don't want to get back with your partner, or if your partner doesn't give you a choice. And, they, and in your case, you're saying your husband wants a divorce. That's what he's asking for. Well, he, I mean, he lost. That he was thinking about it, but um, I don't know. I, my thoughts were that it, unless he comes begging back to, for forgiveness, you know, from me, that he wants to work it out, that I just will assume that he doesn't. How long have you been married? For eight years. Eight years. Any kids? We have one together and two from my previous marriage. You mean two from. On the two, are they one from your previous marriage and one from his previous marriage? or but Both from my previous both marriage. Both from yours. So you're talking about three three kids who are affected. What are the age ranges? Um, three, 13, and 15. The three-year-old is young, and, you know, it can be traumatic, but the teenagers, right when they're on the, on the verge of discovering romance in their lives, this is what Dad is doing. Yeah. So the vo- divorce impacts everybody. You're saying that if he came back and was sincerely remorseful, not a cheap, I'm sorry, let's get on with it, but sincerely remorseful, you would be willing to work with him? Definitely, yeah, but I- I'm afraid that that's not the case. And if he comes no. back and he says, I'm out of here, I want to divorce, I'm in love with someone else, and I've never been in love with you with something crude like that. Well, that's what he told me when I first confronted him about it, is that, it's an ex-girlfriend of hers, his, and he said, I've never loved anyone like her before, and I, always, I only loved you as much as I could after I loved her. So <clears throat> he's hoping to rekindle that relationship, but he will always carry the guilt of knowing something about himself now, which is what he's capable of, big-time deception. Yeah. And that self-knowledge is some justice for you. I'm assuming, have you had an affair too? No. No, you haven't had any. So I would be very nurturing to yourself. I would read that book. It'll give you information if you do want to reconnect with him. It's got what, it, towards, well, you can read the whole book because it's very empathic. It will really, and it also is very thought-provoking, like how did this happen in our marriage? It'll walk you through a lot of different couples or scenarios where you can just see how this problem developed and then how they work to remedy it. With remedying it, the burden... See, he's in a different position than you. He's currently in a situation where he's got you willing to work on a marriage and he's got another woman in the other arm. If you could see me, I have both arms up as if I'm a guy with a woman in each arm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, at one point he said, uh, you know, gosh, I wish I could have both of you. Yes. (laughs) I mean, he seems to be confused, but I don't. 
Oh, yeah, then if there's some ambivalence, he, he may be able to work. Would he be willing to go to couples therapy? I had mentioned cognitive therapy earlier. We went to a, a ther- we went to therapy last week before he left. Um, a one on just with one counselor, and then we were scheduled to go to couples therapy. But he said he only could be there for just a few minutes because he had to finish working, so he could leave. Fine. Okay, then I think the book is Wonderful Therapy itself. You can get that book. Then you could always, if you wanted cognitive therapy, you could go to the co- my website again, drkenner.com, and see if you can find uh, Cognitive Therapist. There's a link to another website, the Cognitive Therapy website, that could help you out there You know, to find someone in your neck of the woods. Uh, okay. The m- number one thing is he's got this image. You've got this image of him with a woman on each side, but the image of you is you don't have two guys. Guys, one in each arm, do you? No. You have one guy that's walked away, and it feels like your world's imploded and you've got the kids. I would be very supportive of the kids. Do the kids know about it? Um, I th- think they do a little bit. I mean, he's being okay. really immature. Like okay. He has the kids on, like, we we are right at the sure. end of time. I wish we had more time, Val. Um, I, listen, I recommend reading that book and then just working with the kids, um, not to badmouth dad in ways that are not fair, but to help them through it so they still have their own teenage and uh, very young lives. Here's an excerpt from The Selfish Path to Romance, the serious romance guidebook by clinical psychologist Dr. Ellen Kenner and co-author Dr. Edwin Locke. Assertiveness is very different from aggression. One way to be healthily assertive is to use the pronoun I. You have every right to say what you observe, think, feel, and expect. Whatever you're trying to express in you language, you make me angry, can be effectively translated into I language. For example, change you make me angry to I feel angry. You can change you never listen to I feel ignored. You can change you drive me crazy to I am so frustrated. In each case, the sentences with you language make you and your partner feel attacked. The sentences with I language make you both more likely to listen and talk with one another. You can download Chapter 1 for free by going to drkenner.com and buy it at amazon.com.